0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So let's pray before we start. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we just want to thank you this morning. We want to bless you and honor you and worship you. And Lord, we're so grateful that you're with us through every season of our life. In the good times, in the bad times, through the ups and the downs, you never leave us or forsake us. But Lord, you are constantly there with us. And Lord, we pray, Lord God, as we get into your word this morning, that you touch someone, that you renew someone, that you refresh someone, that you continue to impact our lives with the transforming power of the word of God. And we're so blessed when we get into the word. And I pray a blessing among everyone that's watching this morning. Would you bless them? Would you encourage them? Would you continue to reinvigorate them and revitalize them as we get into your word? We're so grateful that you never leave us or forsake us, but Your. are with us through every season of our life and we're thankful this morning that we have the privilege and honor of getting into your word so bless us and i pray you blessing you bless everyone that's watching this morning wherever they're watching from bless them anoint them lead them and guide them into the great things that you have in store for them so we thank you this morning we honor you and we bless you in jesus name we pray amen amen church So let's get into the word this morning. I'm excited to share with you what the Lord has in store for us. And so we're in episode three of our series called Dealer of the Light. And we've been dealing with Mark in his gospel, primarily from Mark chapter five, when he talks about these three encounters that Jesus has. And the first one being where Jesus travels across the ocean or the sea to get to this demon possessed man that he fully restores and he liberates from this possession. Then in episode two, we dealt with this woman who was suffering from an issue of blood for 12 long years. And she has this encounter with Jesus that completely transforms her future. And it's in the middle of this that we actually get to the story we are dealing with today. Now, what I want want you to understand is that even though it's Mark's gospel, it's actually Peter's story because Mark gets this narrative from Peter. And so he's writing down Peter's story. And so Peter tells us about this amazing uh, information and this amazing you know, expedition, if you want to call it, where Jesus leaves from the boat and he's traveling with Jairus to jarius's house. And it's through this that Peter tells us that Jesus displays his supreme authority over death. It has no power over Jesus. In fact, death has to obey the commands of Jesus because it is God who has power over everything. He is the one that has to create oh he's the one that created everything he's the one that spoke creation into being he's the one who called every being into being he's the one that declared the universe into being it's the very life that we have has been declared by God and so our life our breath comes from him and it's through this marvelous experience that Jesus displays power over death and It's amazing for all those who are witnessing and they are astonished by this miracle. And it's the Gospel of Mark. In the Gospel of Mark, it's the very first resurrection that Jesus performed that's documented in the book of Mark. And it all starts with Jairus. Jairus, scripture tells us, is one of the leaders of the local synagogue. And he has this daughter whom I'm sure he loves very much. And it comes to this place where she's on the verge of death. And so he's trying to obviously restore his daughter and revitalize her, but there doesn't seem to be any solution around what he can do. So finally, when there's nothing else to do, he makes this decision to go and find Jesus because he's heard that Jesus is a healer, the one who's able to heal six people. And so in desperation, he leaves to find Jesus. Jesus, of course, agrees to follow him. And it's on his way to Jairus' house that he has this encounter with this woman who has this issue of blood that we talked about last week. And right after this encounter with this woman, it's in this commotion that's happening that Jairus' messengers come from his house to tell Jairus that his daughter has died. I think all of us have felt the pain and anguish of losing a loved one. We feel this deep cut of pain and despair, the heartache that is so hard to put into words, it's emotions that it's hard to describe. Loss is always terrible and it's especially terrible when you lose someone young, a son or a daughter. It's hard to put into words the emotion that comes, the overwhelming pain and despair that you feel. However, the reality is that all of us at some point in our life have to wrestle with loss. No one is immune from it. I remember the loss of my grandmother who, were, who was very close to me. You know, we have this amazing close relationship, and suddenly, you know, I got the news that she was gone. Just like this, I got it on the phone, but I got this message that she had gone, and you feel this eviscerating pain, the shock and the overwhelming sense of loss. It's hard to describe unless you've been through it. And a lot of people ask, where is God in the middle of this? Why didn't he intervene? Why doesn't he not do something? Friends, he does. He does help us through the difficult seasons of our life. Listen to this in Psalm 34 verse 18. It says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Friends, death is a reality. And God understands that separation causes us hurt and pain. He's present even in those difficult times. But here, life on earth does not come with an infinite supply. There's no infinite time that we have. It all comes with an expiry date. What God is more concerned with is our eternal separation from Him. See, The truth is, friends, if we live our life and do what we want and act the way we want and go around and do whatever we choose to do in life and it comes time for us to leave, which we all have to do at some point in our life, if we haven't come into an enduring and lasting relationship with Jesus, we will be eternally separated from all that is good, all that is holy, all that is pure, all that is light. And this is far more devastating. God loves us and has provided a way for us to not have this eternal separation. God puts more emphasis on our eternal relationship. His desire is that even when we die, and we all have to, that even death does not separate us from him. Paul picks up on this marvelous idea and he tells us in Romans 8.38 this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, God cares for our lives and for our souls. And so coming back to our narrative, it's at this point that messengers come to tell Jarius that his daughter has died. Jesus, of course, in spite of all the commotion that's going on, hears this, this whispering that's probably happening on the edge of the crowd. And he speaks to Jarius and asks him to continue to have faith. The kind of faith he demonstrated when he came to find Jesus. And he says this, do not fear only believe. In the original text, it is for the present yet continuous action of believing in something. It's not belief for the future, but continue to believe in what you know. And so the question then is, what is faith? Well, scripture tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, faith is not just believing in good things. Faith is not believing and hoping that everything turns out well. And if I believe hard enough, and if I believe long enough, it shall come to pass. You know, that's what the world calls faith. Or that's what even, you know, people in this world, I think we have a warped understanding of what faith is. Because that's not what scripture defines as faith. This is what it is. Faith is trusting God at all. His word. Faith is believing that if God says something, it will come to pass. Beyond natural expectations, even when it doesn't look like it's possible, even in the face of overwhelming obstacles, if God said it, it will come to pass. So it's trusting God at His word. My faith is becoming active when I believe that God, what God says, must happen. And so faith is. I trusting God and saying, God, if you said it, I believe it. It is not this. It's not God. I want this and I have faith that's going to happen. Friends, there's a huge difference between believing for what I want and trusting God for what he desires for me. See, Jesus told Jairus to keep believing at his word. Jairus had every reason not to believe. He had never encountered Jesus before. He just heard about him. He had friends and family members who had come that he had long relationships with that told him that your daughter has died. So if you're going to trust someone, would you trust someone you just met or someone that you'd known for years? In spite of all of this, Jesus asked him to keep believing. Keep believing at the word of God. Keep believing that what Jesus said will happen. And at this point, Jarius has to believe in the impossible because even in the realm of his understanding, he believed that Jesus was the healer. And so this is going beyond what Jesus was capable of doing in his eyes because Jesus could heal, but now death has occurred. His daughter has died. And he just has to believe beyond even the impossibility of death. Jesus, of course, takes Peter, James, and John and follows Jairus and his crowd back to his house. And when they arrived at Jairus' house, there was a big commotion. Everyone by now has come to the realization that his daughter has died. Culturally, burial occurred soon after death because the climate at that time and a lack of refrigeration prevented them from keeping bodies around for a long time. This was the only opportunity that friends and family had to mourn. Being the leader of the synagogue, there would have been even more people present than normal. They would have wailed loudly. And many of the wailers would have actually been paid mourners to come and scream and yell so everyone around knows that death has occurred. It's into this environment that Jesus speaks these words. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. Jesus' comment about the girl being dead was not well received at all. There might have been and there would have been local physicians present, especially considered Jairus' standing in the community. They would have given the dire news to the people that Jairus' daughter was indeed dead. Jesus, however, is operating on his knowledge of what faith can do and and not what they see. He said that she is not dead, and not dead in the normal sense, as he was about to bring her back to life. This death was just temporary, which is case in point to us. If we put our lives in Jesus, we're not truly dead even when we die from this existence. We just pass from one to the other. And Paul echoes these words again in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55. This is what he says, and it's one of my favorite scriptures. Listen to this, it's so amazing. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. We have victory over sin and death in Jesus Christ. You know, what happened then when Jesus said these words that she's not dead, she's just sleeping. They laughed at him. They laughed him to scorn, the scripture says. They had bursts of laughter to, at the utter impossibility of what he said. It was just impossible for them to believe. Maybe he was delusional, they thought about Jesus. Maybe he was just ignorant. Both these deserved to be scorned at. They laughed and mocked him to his face. The contrast of Jesus' words to the reality of the situation was in juxtaposition. It was completely polar ends of what was happening. So the laughing was to humiliate Jesus in front of all the people there and the officials. The laughing also emphatically indicated that this girl was indeed dead and the miracle that Jesus was about to perform was even more wondrous than imaginable. They understood, you see, the finality of death. This girl certainly was dead and they could not comprehend his words. They understood what he was saying, but they could not comprehend what he was saying. They could not believe, in other words, the words that came out of Jesus's mouths. Therefore, it says that Jesus puts them out of the room. He puts them out and, and he has the authority to get everyone else out of the room who does not believe. They could not witness this miracle. They would not witness this miracle. Their lack of faith disqualified them from observing a miracle. You see, it's in the presence of Jesus that allows us to see miracles. While it's Those that don't believe that disqualify themselves from seeing. And so ask yourself a question. Do you want to be in the presence of Jesus because that gives you the ability to see marvelous things or do you want to disqualify yourself from believing which puts you far away from Christ and outside the realm of miracles? Do we want to qualify ourselves or disqualify ourselves the choice ultimately is ours do we have the faith to believe the words of christ or do we laugh at him when he says the impossible things friends all of us get to choose at some point in our life whether we believe the words of christ or we laugh at them or we put it to scorn mark records peter the records this and he says this jesus says these words in aramic and no other gospel actually documents that. He says, talita, which is the feminine word for lamb, like we would use kid in our present culture, in our, in our, you know, our current time. He says, rise. Apparently, the doctors of the day would use that same phrase for someone who is sick. They would go there, they would minister their the devices of healing, and they would say, arise from your disease. But Jesus says this to one who is dead. He says, arise from your death see jesus commands even death to give up its hold and death has to obey jesus authority over life and death is displayed and those present witness the awesome power of the resurrection of this little girl one they thought was dead is now come back to life one they thought had been lost forever to the throngs of death has been restored to fullness life. Their hope and faith in the words of Christ enable them to see a miracle. When we put our faith and our hope in the words of Christ, that will enable us to see a miracle. See, God sees beyond the physical. Understand this, Jesus addresses the girl, her being, not just her dead body. God sees us beyond our physical form, but the eternity of our existence. As soon as Jesus says these words, the girl woke up ratifying Jesus's words that she was just sleeping. You see, even death cannot make Jesus a liar because when Jesus says a word, even death has to obey. And so when Jesus said she was sleeping, that's exactly what happened. It was just a temporary state of incapacitation. She not only woke up, but she was fully restored to life and health. Whatever her sickness or ailment was that had caused her to perish was also completely gone. Jesus, in a sense, did two miracles. The first, he raised her from the dead, and the second, he completely healed her of whatever sickness had caused her to die. The resurrection taking precedence over you know, her being sick because it was supremely the greater miracle in the eyes of those observers. To Jesus, fate to heal and fate to raise the dead remains, in essence, the same. Mark identifies that this young girl was only 12 years old and she was fully restored to health, to get up, to walk around like a normal 12-year-old would. Her parents were amazed and they had such awe and wonder of what had just happened. As I said, this is the first resurrection they had witnessed in Mark's gospel. No one had any idea that this would be possible. They all believed that Jesus was able to heal, but this was the first time that they witnessed a resurrection. See, sometimes we believe in something, but God wants to extend our faith beyond the realm of possibility because when he declares something, we have to believe that it's possible because it's his word and his word cannot fail. Jesus commanded that no one else know this to stop undue attention from those around his primary purpose was to deliver the message of the kingdom of God. He wanted people to know the message of the kingdom and not just an ability to do miracles. He told, her, he told them to give her something to eat because it showed that she had been fully restored to health. She was able to eat. See, sick people don't eat much. At this point, death came in contact with life and it had to surrender. Darkness came in touch with light and it was defeated. See, Jesus is this dealer of the light. He comes to deal hope. He comes to deal light. He comes to deal forgiveness and grace in spite of our circumstances, and whatever the circumstances in your life, friends, I want you to understand this. It's in the presence of Jesus that we are restored, that we have life, we have fullness, and we have a hope and a future wherever you may be whatever your circumstance in life maybe you're feeling discouraged at this moment in your life maybe you're going through something that you feel like is a loss that you know things are dead around you things don't have a future but i want to let you know that what's going to disqualify you is not your ability or lack of ability it's what you believe is possible according to the word of god and so the word of god tells us that god cares for us that he's invested in us and that he has a hope and a future for every single one of us for you no matter your circumstances no matter what you've done in the past no matter how many times you've done it no matter how far you've fallen christ comes to you to your house to raise you back up to life and a hope and a future and i want to encourage you and let you know that jesus is our hope for a future that is bright and secure and if you've never had the opportunity to put your faith in christ this is your time this is your season this is your day to believe like jarius did when jesus commanded him continue to believe don't fear what's happening around you don't look around in terror what's happening to people around you or circumstances around you but look to jesus because he is the dealer of the light and he is able in every circumstance to help us navigate through life and so we want to pray for you this morning as we bring this marvelous series to a close I want to let you know and if you haven't been able to listen to the past we have it on podcast you can catch up there and listen to the last few episodes as well I want to encourage you and here's what I want to leave with you today it's in God's presence that we are restored that we are completely healed And we're given a future and a hope. What disqualifies you is not whether you're, you know, able or rich or poor or intelligent or smart or any of these things. None of those things disqualify you. The only thing that disqualifies you is your lack of faith. And so I encourage you this morning to put your faith in Jesus Christ because he is the dealer of the light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you this morning. I honor you and I bless you. I worship you. And Lord, as we went through these marvelous miracles, you know, first with you healing that demon-possessed man, then you healing the woman with the issue of blood, and, and lastly, you raising up Jairus's daughter fully to health and restoration. Lord, all of these circumstances occur in our life, whether it's physically or spiritually, Lord God. We all suffer from ailments. And I prayed this morning that you come into our season, into our life, into our circumstance, into our environment. And you speak life into our environment. Our environment is dictated not by what happens around us, but by what your word says. And so, Lord God, we're able to transform our environments by placing our faith and trust into you. And I pray, Lord God, that as we extend our faith this morning and extend our faith by putting you and trusting you and believing your word, that we will come through whatever season we're going through, whatever the circumstances, whatever the situation is, that you will take us through. So we appreciate you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. We thank you and we worship you. And we give you all praise and honor that's due unto your mighty and matchless name. And we pray all of these wonderful things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, friends. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate you being with us this morning. Thank you for taking some of your valuable time to spend with us. You know, we are a church that loves people. And our job and our role and our desire is to reach you wherever you are in your circumstance of life and let you know that you are loved that God loves you that God plans for you that God prepares a place for you and if you haven't been in touch with us before email us on the address below at info at transformchurch.org.au and we'll be able to help you along the journey in life and I encourage you if you haven't made that decision make that decision today to follow jesus you know and that's why i have this shirt on today that says i've decided i've decided to follow jesus because there's no turning back in any time as we move forward into the great things that god has in store for you and for me god bless you enjoy your sunday with your family and friends take care hello again and thank you so much for listening